All right, well, you can go ahead and have a seat. Good morning and welcome to Epic. My name's Tim Jones, and I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. I've just got a couple announcements before we continue on with the rest of our service. Now, today we are in our final video uh, series message. Uh, Each summer we do one video series, uh, change things up a little bit as we're on all these mission trips and everything. And so today we are in our final part of our message series called Alter Ego uh, with Pastor Craig Groeschel. And if you've missed any part of this series, I highly recommend that you get the Spiritual Growth Challenge at our Connection Center. Not only can you go deeper with the message, uh, but on there is a way to be able to see, hey, where are those videos at? What did I miss? Um, So it will help direct you to be able to see those videos, or you can just listen to the audio from our podcast as well. But today, Craig is going to share with us something that we all wrestle with, something that we all struggle with, and it's going to be very engaging. And if you're asking a question of, well, how do I engage a video series? Let me give you two suggestions. The first is just imagine that he's right here. And so he is hilarious. So when he tells jokes, which I tell you, you'll be laughing in your seats today, um, go ahead and laugh with him. And then he'll also invite you to say something back at him. Go ahead and say those things as well. And then the other thing that I'd uh, mention to you is just simply as he begins, just say, God, God, what is it that, what's the one thing that you want to say to me today? What is it that I need to hear? And begin to apply that today and begin to apply that uh, for the rest of the week as well. And so all we want you to do today is just to sit back, enjoy the rest of the message. I'll be up at the end uh, to wrap things up and to pray us out. But let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer just to open our hearts towards God. So let's pray. So Father, thank you so much for who you are. And thank you for this series. I know there have been many people who've said, I've needed to hear that. And so God, would you just speak to our hearts today? We open up our lives. Tell us that one thing that you want us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, welcome today to all of our different life churches and those of you in our network church family. We love you all so much. Uh, those joining us from countries around the world at Church Online right now, thank you for being with us. We believe that it's not an accident that you've joined us today. Uh, we are wrapping up our fourth and our final message in the series Alter Ego based on my new book, Alter Ego, Becoming Who God Says You Are. Uh, this is still available at most of our live churches uh, today only for half off the cover. After this week, they're no longer available at our church, but you can find them at uh, bookstores or online. If you'll notice, Alter uh, for our study, and this book is spelled A-L-T-A-R, Alter Ego, and this represents our altar throughout history, uh, people of God have knelt down at an altar to make a sacrifice or to lay down something significant in an act of worship to God, altar. Ego, as you know, is what we think about ourselves. It's our belief system, it's who we think we are. Unfortunately, so many of us, we think too highly of ourselves, we have an inflated ego, or we think too lowly of ourselves, we have a poor and inaccurate uh, view of ourselves. So our goal in this series is to take our egos, what we think about ourselves, 
and to sacrifice who we think we are at the altar so we can become not who we think we are, but instead who God says we are. Uh, If you missed the last three weeks, let me tell you what we covered. You may want to go to lifechurch.tv slash watch, and you can experience all of the messages that we've done. Here's the ground that we've covered. Then I'm gonna tell you what we're going to dive into today. We've laid down three things today. By faith, we'll lay down the fourth. Week number one, uh, we laid down our feelings of inadequacy. So many of us, we struggle deeply with those feelings. Week two, we laid down our need for control. Some of you, you're still laying down your need for control. You put it down, but you picked it back up. Why? Because you love to be in control. Uh, Week number three uh, was a healing week for so many of us. We laid down our right to be offended. We let that go and found some forgiveness. We forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Today, we're going to lay down our longing for approval. We all love to be loved. We're gonna lay down our longing for approval. Is that okay with you guys? Do you like my idea? Do you approve of it? Do you feel good about it? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Okay, we're gonna lay down uh, our longing for approval. Uh, The reality is, uh, I'll just be real honest with you, for as much of my life as I can remember, I have longed for the approval of others. As a uh, child playing sports, my earliest memory was going up to bat and thinking, oh, my dad is here. I hope I get on base because I want my dad to be proud of me. He loved me anyway, but that was my warped view. If I do good, he'll approve of me. My earliest memory as a young pastor at the age of 22 or 23 serving as an associate pastor at a United Methodist Church, I remember getting to work uh, first every single day. And I'd wait until everybody else would leave and I would leave last. And the reason is I wanted everybody there to know, oh man, that young guy, he really loves Jesus. He's an up and coming pastor. We like That young guy was so insecure. Now after all these years, I don't struggle with this anymore at all, ever, except for every day of my life, especially the days when I teach. Uh, Today after teaching, every weekend I'll teach on Saturdays and Sundays, and then I go home and there's always people at my house because there's always people at my house. I don't know why, but there, there are always people at my house. And I'll come in and they will have all been at church because they're our friends and family and they'll be having a regular life. And I'm wondering, hey, what did you all think of church today? And no one says anything, so I'll ask them, what did you think of church? And they'll say something like, oh, worship was great. I'm like, yeah, it was. What else did you think about church today? Was there anything else that, and oh yeah, your, your message was good. And I'll say like, thank you. What about it? was good, did you have a favorite part? Anything that changed your life? And the reason is because I just still so often battle with that longing for approval. Maybe there's somebody here who can relate and I wanna give you five specific signs that you may be living for the approval of others. The first one, if you're taking notes, uh, you occasionally or often worry about what others think. You worry about what other people think. For example, if you ever have to give a public speech and you're really nervous, 
Why are you nervous? Because you're worried about what other people will think. Uh, If you ever post something on social media and then you go back 12 seconds later to find out, did anybody like this? Did anybody like this? Did anybody comment? Oh, a retweet, I got a retweet. Glory to God in heaven on high. Selfie. Selfie from another angle. Does anybody want to comment on my selfie? Yeah, it, we're, we're consumed with what other people think. I know none of you ever do that. Um, occasionally, when we're getting ready for an important event, what will we do in our closet? Besides walking through an entire closet full of clothes and saying, I've got nothing to wear, we'll put on like two or three or four outfits and you know, does this look good and does this look good and does this look good? At our house, we do the game called the witch shoe. Amy puts on two different shoes and then she lifts a foot like this and says, which shoe, this one or this one? And I tell her this one, she says, let me show you again. Let me go slower this time, which shoe? Why? Because there's this, you know, what are they gonna think? Do they like me? And sometimes it's something that really small and insignificant. Someone will just say something like, hey, you know, um, are you feeling okay? And you're like, what's the matter? Do I look bad? Do I look bad? Do I look bad? Do I look, what are we trying to say? How, how many of you say you sometimes care too much what other people think? Raise your hands up right now. Raise them up. All of our churches, okay. Now look at those with their hands that are not raised and say you just care too much what people think to raise your hands. <laughs> that question. The second thing is uh, we're often overly uh, sensitive. We're often overly sensitive. Uh, I can be that way. A hundred people can say, hey, Craig, I liked your message, or hey, Craig, I liked your book, and one person says something negative, and I just zoom in on that one thing. Oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I just, I, I'm not any good. Oh, it didn't make a difference at all. hundred people say something good, but one person, and I get overly sensitive and, and focus on that one thing, or maybe you get a new outfit, and baby, you know you look good. The person who sold it to you told you, you look really good. And you can't wait to wear it out in public. So you go out and you're just, you're just waiting for the compliments all day long, just check, the, check it out, check it out. And at the end of the day, no one said anything and you're devastated. What's wrong with the, what's wrong with me? You're overly sensitive. Or you call a friend or you text a friend or you DM a friend and they don't call you or text you or DM you back for quite some time. Oh my gosh, did I say something wrong? Are we not BFFs anymore? Is there, is there a misunderstanding? Do, do I need to call again? And then you start, you find yourself being overly sensitive. If that's you, don't be too sensitive. Just check the little space on your notes and let's move on. A third uh, indicator that perhaps you are living for the approval of others is that you compromise your values. There's something you believe deeply in, but you compromise it for the approval of others. Uh, You're a young girl and you love God and you wanna honor God with your purity and save yourself um, for your husband to give him the great gift one day of, um, of your purity. But you're dating a guy and he says, I love you, baby, I love you, baby. You know I love you, baby. I love you, baby, love you, baby, love you, baby, love you, baby. And I love you even more if you mm-hmm. And so what happens? You mm-hmm and you compromise your values for the approval of someone else. 
Or you're a dude and you're hanging out with other guys and they're telling kind of crude jokes and you know that it's not really honoring to God but you kind of laugh at it and you play along. Or you use language that you shouldn't use because hey, you just want to fit in. You don't want to be that religious guy and so you compromise your values. Or you really believe in, um, in becoming debt-free and, and you want to manage wisely what God has given you, but you end up buying things that you don't really need, money you don't even have, to impress people you don't even know. Why? You compromise your values because you want people to like you based on what you have or what you look like. If that's true for you, just check the space. Yes, I occasionally compromise my values. Another indicator that you're longing for the approval of others is that you hesitate sharing your faith. You really believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he transforms lives and forgives sins and and makes us new. And you've got a friend who doesn't know that, a friend who's maybe hurting and lost in his or her sin. And you want to share the goodness of God with your friend, but you don't wanna be freako religious person. And so you don't share your faith. In essence, if you're honest, you care more about what other people think about you than you really do care about them and their freedom in Christ. And so you don't share your faith. You're a little more timid because you're longing for the approval of others. Finally, and this will speak to a lot of you, uh, you might be longing for approval if you have a hard time saying no. Someone asks you, hey, can you do this? And inwardly, you're screaming, no, never, never. I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, don't wanna do it, don't wanna do it. You scream it inwardly, no, and outwardly you go, sure, be happy to, when can I start? And and, and you have this horrible sense of, of guilt because outwardly you're agreeable, but inwardly you're resentful. You have an incredibly hard time saying no because you want to please people. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? The reason is because our egos are incredibly insecure. Our egos are crying out, like me, like me, like me, affirm me, affirm me, affirm me, make me feel good about myself. But if we're not careful, we're going to miss one of the most powerful truths and biggest dangers about people pleasing, and that is this. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. I wanna say it again because I want this to get into your hearts. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. In fact, Proverbs 29, 25 says this. Fear of what? All of our different churches say it aloud. I need all of you working with me. Fear of man will prove to be a what? It will prove to be a snare or a trap, but whoever trusts in whom, say it aloud, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man, what will he do to me? What will she do to me? What will they think? What is their opinion of me? Fear of man will prove to be a snare, a trap. In fact, the Hebrew word translated as snare is the word mokesh, and it means a trap. It means a snare. It also, it means very literally, it was the hook that people would use to put inside an animal's nose to pull the animal 
around. It's the, it's the mokesh, it's the, it's the snare. It's the, here's, here's what some of you look like. I know this is gross, but you will remember this. Hey, you like my outfit? Do you like my hair? I've got bangs now. Didn't have bangs yesterday. I've got bangs now. Hey, do you like my car? Do you realize I've got an iPhone 5 with an unlimited data plan? Am I cool now? Am I cool now? I just got a follower on Twitter. Am I cool now? Am I cool now? Did you like my song? Am am I hanging out with the right friends? Hey, 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 am I cool? Fear of man proves to be a what? A snare. It's a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. What's the problem? What's the problem? Pleasing people, you ready for this? Is idolatry. It's the sin of idolatry. It's putting the approval of people ahead of the opinion of God. It's making people too big in our lives and God too small. In fact, I would say this to you. It could be one of the greatest limiting factors in your life. If you're a parent and your big goal is, I want my kids to like me. They may like you today, but they're not gonna respect you tomorrow because your number one call is not to be their buddies, but to be their guiding force in your life. If you wanna be a leader in your school, and you're consumed with what your friends think about you. You can't lead them because you are following them. If you wanna be a leader in business, you will have to make incredibly difficult calls that other people will not understand. And you cannot be consumed with what people think about you. You have to do what's right. If you wanna be a follower of Jesus, you cannot be consumed with what people think about you because you cannot simultaneously live for the approval of people and the approval of God. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks about you. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. So how do we overcome? this disease to please. Let me give you two thoughts to drive this home, and we're gonna ask the Spirit to do a deep work within our hearts. The first thing, number one, how do we overcome the disease to please? We must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. It's that simple. We wanna live not for the crowd, but for an audience of one, our Lord God. Paul said it this way in Galatians 1.10, He said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of whom? He said, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of who? But of God. He said, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Don't miss that. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You cannot simultaneously live for the applause of the crowd and live for an audience of one. We'll focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. In fact, um, one of the most significant moments in my life uh, where I made a decision like that for the first time was back in college when I was a brand new believer. 
It was my senior year and I was nominated for an award that for some reason meant a lot to me back at the time. It was, uh, it was the all Greek man of the year. So out of all the fraternities, there'd be one guy chosen um, as the outstanding Greek man of the year. And I was one of maybe a dozen or so nominated and we had to fill out these forms and submit them to a panel of professors. And the last question on this whole form was something, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like, what was the most significant experience you had um, in your time at the university? Something like that. And the true answer was unquestionably, I met Jesus who forgave my sins and transformed me. I mean, hands down, nothing even close. That was the, the truth and um, the biggest thing that ever happened to me. But I knew uh, the different professors and the majority of them, all of them weren't Christians, the majority were very much against Christians and I knew that that answer would probably eliminate any chances I had to win. So there were a dozen politically correct answers that I thought about putting and I wrestled with which one, am I, gonna, am I gonna tell the truth and be bold for the one who gave his life for me or am I gonna compromise and kind of play it safe? And at the moment I was about to write it down, it felt to me like this was a moment of trajectory in my life. It really did. It felt like I'm gonna make a decision today that will help determine what I'm gonna stand for in the future. Either I'm gonna be bold now and be bold forever, or I'm gonna kind of play it safe. And so I wrote down something like, um, the most significant thing was I met the one who gave his life for me, Jesus, and now he's first in my life. And I turned it in. Now, you're gonna ask, did you win or did you lose? And the answer is, I'm not telling you. <laughs> not telling you. Because it doesn't matter at all what those professors thought. What matters is, on that day, I made a decision that has helped move my life in the right direction, and that is I decided to focus on what God thinks and not what people think. Here's something that, that is, is revolutionary to me. Do you realize that you cannot please all people? Did you realize that? Oh, you can try and you'll wear your cute little buns out trying. You'll wear a certain outfit that this group likes but that group can't stand. And you'll listen to music that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll go to parties that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll buy a car that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll do your hair in a way that this group likes, and that group can't stand. And even in your morals, you'll, you'll, you'll live in such a way that this group likes, but that group can't stand. I mean, even in Christianity, you know, if you worship this way, then all these people, oh, you've got it right. And that other group goes, we can't stand it, you are wrong. And what I realized was something that totally transformed and freed me, and that is that I cannot please everybody, but I can please God. Oh, that is so good. And oh, you are so quiet. I don't even know where you are. I, I, I've got to say that again, because I can't please all of you. There is no way. In fact, a lot of you are picking me apart right now. But God's saying, I like that little nose thing you did. That was funny, and they'll remember that. You see, I can't please everybody, 
but I can please God. I want all of you at all of our different churches, our network churches, I want you to just say this aloud after me. Say, I can't please everybody, but I can please God. Now say it again with some freedom from your soul, because you know this is what you look like most days. Say it like you mean it. I can't please everyone, but I can please God. Obviously, Paul says, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. If I was trying to please people, I couldn't be Christ's servant. I will focus on living for an audience of one instead of the applause of the crowd. Because becoming obsessed with what people think about me is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about me. And I can't please all these other people, but who can I please? I can please my God. I'm going to focus on what God thinks. The second thing that we're going to do is this. How do we overcome the disease to please? Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Number two, we're going to live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. This is life transforming to internalize this truth. We're going to live from the approval of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, God approves of you through Christ. He already approves of you. You live from his approval instead of for the approval of people. Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. He said, on the contrary, we speak as those, those what? Say it aloud, all of our churches. We speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're approved by God. He trusts you with the gospel, that mankind, we are sinners. Jesus was sinless. He came to the earth to seek and save the lost. He became sin for us, died on the cross on the third day. He was raised from the dead. Anyone who believes in him and calls upon his name will be saved. No matter what they've done, they can be saved. New life in Christ. He trusts you with that message. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are approved by God and you are entrusted with the message of the gospel. If you care what people think, you can't take that message out. If you truly follow Jesus, you will not be liked by all people. If you're liked by all people, you are not truly following Jesus. You're approved by God, therefore entrusted with the gospel. He goes on to say, we are not trying to please whom? He said, we're not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. The bottom line is this, when we understand this, For those of you that are followers of Jesus, because of what Christ did, you are the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. Because of what Christ did then, my worth is not based on what people think about me. My worth is based on what God says about me. Somebody needs to hear this. Your worth is not based on what other people think about you. Your worth is based on what God says about you. Let me say it again, it's gotta get deep in your souls. Your worth is not based on what other people think about you. 
Your worth is based on what God says about you. Therefore, you don't have to dance for the approval of others, but you're living from the approval of God. And that is a game changer. I remember years ago, One of my favorite kids, I have six kids. Have I ever ever told you that before? Six kids. That's a basketball team with a sub, okay? (laughs) One of my favorite kids, it's amazing how they're all my favorite kids. Um, Anna, when she was um, a little girl, she came home one day and said, Daddy, you're making fun of me. The girls are making fun of me. I said, what'd they say? She said, they they said I was stupid and I was a loser. I said, what'd you say back to them? She said, I just laughed at them. So you laughed? She said, yeah, I just laughed at them and told them they didn't know the truth. They didn't know me like my daddy knows me. My daddy, she said, tells me that I'm incredibly special. In fact, she told her friend, she said, my daddy said that when I was born, God called a meeting with the angels and said, angels, come in here and sit down. And God said to the angels, I'm about to show off, watch this. And then God created Anna, that's what she told him. The reason she told him that is because I've told her that over and over and over again, and she wasn't bothered. She said, because my daddy says I'm special. My dad, you don't know me like I know me. My daddy says I'm special. So my worth is not based on what you think, but on what my daddy says. Somebody needs to get this into your heart. Your worth is not based on what others say, but who your father in heaven says you are. And the big overriding question is, who does God say you are? Who does God say you are? Among other things, I've given you 10 things that God says about you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. In fact, next week, we're starting a brand new series called New. For three weeks, I will start this series with this exact verse. Because of Christ, you are new. You're not just improved. You are new, the old is gone, and the new has come. Ephesians 1, 7 says, you are forgiven and your sins are washed away, no matter what you've done, and no matter how dirty you feel, and no, no matter how much your spiritual enemy says you're used goods and you'll never make a difference, and because of your past, you can't. God says, because of my son, you can. He says, your sins are gone, and I remember them no more. Romans eight thirty seven says, you are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror, but you are more more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. Ephesians 2.10, God says, you are my masterpiece. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which I prepared in advance for you to do. You have everything you need to do, everything God calls you to do. Matthew 5.14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world in this dark, sin-infested world. If you have Christ dwelling inside of you, you are the light. You let it shine, you let it shine, that's what you are. You are the light of the world, that's who God says you are, and when you know who you are, you will know what to do. Romans 8, 11 says, you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwelling within you is the very same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. There is power living inside of you. Romans 8, 17 says, you're a joint heir with Christ. You inherit what Christ inherits. You will inherit the kingdom of God. You are special not because of what you've done, but because you are joined with Christ who did it for you. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 20 that says, you are Christ's ambassador. What is an ambassador? It's the highest ranking diplomat sent from one country to another. Guess who you are? You wanna know who you are? You are the highest ranking representative sent from heaven to earth to to declare the 
glory of God in this world. You may say, well, I just work at a bank. Guess what? You're an undercover agent at the bank. Well, I'm just a junior in high school. Hey, you're God's undercover agent in your chemistry class in your junior year in high school. You are his ambassador. That's who he says you are. Second Corinthians 5, 21 says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And Romans 1, 7 says you are greatly loved by God. Hey, 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 doesn't matter what you think, it matters what God says. And God says you're called, God says you're equipped, God says you're an overcomer, God says you're loved. And when you realize this, you're not living for the approval of others, but you're living from the approval of God. And that changes everything. Romans 12, two says this, one of the most popular um, quoted verses from the Bible. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't be like this, all right? Don't be, don't be hey, 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 I'm, I'm gonna try to be like everybody else. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love Romans 12, two, but a lot of people forget Romans 12, one. Romans 12, one makes Romans 12, two possible. What does Romans 12, one say? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. You lay your ego down at the altar of God. You lay your life down, like Paul, when he said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. In view of God's mercy, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is my spiritual act of worship. In other words, ultimately it's not about me. It doesn't matter what others think about me, it matters what God says about me. The quickest way to forget what God thinks about me is to be obsessed with what others think about me. Therefore, I will lay down what you say about me. I'll even lay down what I think about me so I can become what God says about me. Because ultimately, I can't please everybody, but the good news is, by faith and through Christ, I can please God. And so can you, and that's what it's time to do. Wasn't that good? Yeah, very good. So, yeah, we all struggle with trying to please people. I know I struggle with that. I know all of us struggle with that. And so I think it would be very appropriate to take kind of a first step. And so I uh, in a moment here, I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer. And I think the first step to do is just to simply acknowledge before God, God, I struggle and I live for pleasing, for trying to please people instead of living for you alone. And so if that's where you're at today, during this prayer, I just want you to simply say that to him. And then also, I think it would be very appropriate to then say, God, thank you. Thank you for who you've made me, that I'm an ambassador, that I'm an heir, that I'm your child, that, that you call me a friend, that you give me a right standing. And so thank him for how he sees us. So let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. So Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this series. It's been amazing, God. And thank you for Pastor Craig who speaks to so many churches across the uh, world. And Father, just that we could have that here today and during this series for us. And so Father, thank you for how you see us. And I pray right now, there are some people that need your healing in their lives. They've been trying to live to please people. 
And so if that's you, right now, would you just raise your hand and simply acknowledge before God, God, I'm admitting before you today, that's my problem. I'm trying to please people. If that's you, just go ahead and raise your hand and acknowledge that before God. Yeah. So Father, would you forgive me for trying to please people instead of living for you alone? Thank you for your forgiveness. And God, I just pray for all of us today, God. I pray that we would start to see us how you see us, that we would get into your word, that we would know what you have said, that we please you, that when we come into a relationship with your son, Jesus, you give us a right standing. No matter what we do, whether we live for you or walk away, God, you still love us the same, which is amazing. So God, would you teach us how to live for you alone? I pray for each person here, God, as we do that, as we learn that this week, as we start to apply that, give us your sensitivity to help us recognize when we're trying to please people instead of you. So we thank you and we know that you will do that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Have a great rest of the week and we'll see you back next week.